This Game Source podcast is being brought to you by our friends at Gamer Protection Guild. The GPG is looking out for every gamer's needs. Find them on Facebook and like them. Gamer Protection Guild. I cannot believe you downloaded that. <laughs> I, I, I started playing it. Okay, I love, I love 8-bit turn-based RPGs. It is an 8-bit turn-based RPG. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it and I'm going to beat it. And I'm going to write a review about it. Well, we got to have a review. We just have to have I, a review. I'll write it, too. Sam, I have is, so much does this take <laughs> Is this going to be more important than the one I actually got the review code for? Should I do that one first? Or should I do Kanye Quest first? No, I think you should do the one I gave you the review code first. <laughs> Source podcast episode eighty two. Me myself, I... <laughs> and we have Gerald, Sam, and Steph joining us this evening, ladies and gents. It's another beautiful evening in paradise, but I will let the ladies take the floor. Ciao, ragazzi. Hello, and Nick. It's it's great to just. Have an awesome podcast, and outside of myself, be an all-female podcast because this evening. Because it's ladies' night. There you go. Come on, Nick, sing it. No. Headline news. Let's just move into that. The new. The new. The new. The new. The, new, the, new. the NPD <laughs> announces that the 3DS has outsold all systems, including the Xbox 360, which Microsoft. That's kind of sad. Just to let you know. For the month of June, in part due to the sales of Animal Crossing New Leaf, which finished second behind The Last of Us. Yes, that is a surprise. And game sales for the same month. Are you surprised that 3DS remains strong? Don't forget we discussed this on our Plus One. And do you think momentum will catapult Nintendo to a strong company-wide second half of the year, even for the Wii U, as so many are investors? Which, by the way, has helped Nintendo get a two-year record high for its shares. Yeah, so I don't think it's so much surprising as I, I think it's probably um, I think it's probably more surprising. Not so much that Animal Crossing. I mean, it is, but it isn't. We were discussing this prior to the podcast, um, uh, Sam and I. But I think it's more surprising that, like I was explaining to Sam, that a streamline a main a mainstream game first party title such as The Last of Us, which Sam, as you said, was you know one of the most critically acclaimed and and most look forward game uh, potentially for the year. It's just funny that that fell in second behind something that was so, you know, so desirable and so, you know, so well. Yeah. If that game wasn't out yet, like if that game came out in a month, animal crossing would just have dominated. Yeah. Everything. I, I agree. 
<laughs> to come in second behind the last of us. Yeah. That the numbers, I mean, the numbers don't lie. I mean, um, and don't, like, and, I love, I love animal crossing, but it, that is such absurdity. So I was 12 <laughs> and like, I was into like real games at the time, putting that in air quotes, but like for some reason, it's just like it's got the elements of things that make it addicting. Like <laughs> it's got like okay, so it's about like you get to this town and there's this guy who's like, I'm gonna build you a house and your cage was like, Okay. So you build your house and then he's like, Oh, by the way, you owe me this much money and it's like a ridiculous amount of money. So you're like, I gotta pay this guy back. It's teaching real world values. <laughs> and then Except the real except the part of the real world where you just walk into a town and someone built you a house. <laughs> Yeah, so you you learn about you know debt, <laughs> and then so what you do is you have several options to get some income. The 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 monetary value is a is a bell is what it's called, and you can. Uh, there are a lot of people who live in this town who are like and like weirdly humanoid animals, <laughs> and you can do favors for them. They can say, "Hey, I borrowed this." fishing pole from this guy can you go give it back for me so you go okay and you take it and you like run across the like map and you're like here you go this guy took me to give this to you and he's like thanks and you go back you're like hey i helped you and he's like here's like some bells it's like cool thanks <laughs> so you do favors for people or you can there's there's like fossils you could dig up and you can sell so or you can collect fruit or fish or seashells and then you pay him back and you're like sweet dude thanks man like i paid you back he's like oh no i'm gonna like upgrade your house now you're like dude no it's okay like you don't need to do that. he's like no i'm gonna do it so he just does it he's like by the way you owe me this much money now <laughs> so the whole game is, is essentially if i were to like it's about being in debt and having to pay it off and then your debt just keeps even when you pay it off and then spoiler alert when you finally pay off all your debt you get a gold statue of yourself oh <laughs> Can you uh, develop? Is there any kind of uh, romanticism or any relationship building or anything like that? Not. I really only played the first one. No, but like a big thing with that game is it runs on real, real world time. So, <laughs> um, a lot of times you'll help everybody, and then you'll be like, they'll be like, oh, I don't need any more help. So what you do is you fast forward the clock to the next day, <laughs> and then you're like, all right, I'm ready to help again. So a big element of it is it's not. I don't even think it's considered cheating anymore because so many people do. Like, it's an essential part of the game. Is like, is time traveling, essentially. Or if someone will have you do them a favor, like for three days, like, oh, can you go turn the light on in the lighthouse between seven and nine? But if you like spend too much time without talking to people, they're like, dude, like, what's up? Like, I haven't <laughs> seen you. So it'll be funny. Like, you'll fast forward the clock like fifty years. Just for fun. And then, like, people in the town are like, oh, my God, where have you been? I haven't seen you in, like, 50 years. And it's just, like, just, the time is inserted. Like, not actually a real reaction. So can you can you rewind time as well? Yes, you can. So, so in essence, you, you can stick. You do have the option of sticking to real-world time, though. Yeah. That's, that's, but, that's, I mean, it, that, that aspect of it seems like it, that's kind of cool that, you know. It would, it, there's two different types of pacing with this game. Um, There's... I want to do everything right now, which is when you would kind of like mess with a clock or you could really just take it. Like, uh, I don't know if you read my um, sword and sorcery review, but it kind of does the same thing. Like it runs off for a world time, could only do certain things on certain days. Mm. So there's, uh, you have the, you can get an item in the game that lets you change the time. But I kind of took it as like, Oh, like I don't need to be this game right now. Like it's pretty much telling me like, dude, just come back later. 
<laughs> so, but I don't know anybody who plays Animal Crossing like that. Like Animal Crossing, it's go big or go home. Yeah. Like, it's like I can guarantee of all the sales that they got, like eighty percent of them are the people who played like the first one. But this is like back to the roots. So like, there's some people I know who like like I have one friend. He's just like the most like gangster person I've ever met. And he's like, I was talking about Animal Crossing. He's like, dude, I love Animal Crossing. I'm like, you serious? Like, really? The most random people love Animal Crossing. Well, like, I mean, I'll tell you that the numbers don't lie. I mean, like, you know, like we were going to talk about about the NPD, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, the fact that it sold number two behind The Last of Us, I mean, and we're talking like a, a, a uh, you know, first party title mainstream release that you know, <laughs> you know, compared to, compared to, you know, something on a, on a handheld platform. I mean, that, yeah, like I, I told my sister, cause she was in the room when I was reading the script and I was like, and I saw that figure, I'm like, okay, the only game that beat it is a game that's been like, anticipated, is that was like the most anticipated game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that is, that is ridiculous. Animal Crossing, like, I love, like, I love it. I do. But like, to someone who like like you who you just don't know what it, it must have just been so absurd to you. Like, the hell is this game that's second <laughs> to Last of Us? Yeah, that's like, what it, <laughs> it would be like. That's, that's just absurdity. Like, it's like a Harvest Moon game. Exactly. Now, and what they're doing for fun fact, they're re-releasing A Wonderful Life, which is but, one of their most popular ones for the GameCube. They're re-releasing it on 3DS. But now, Harvest so. Harvest Moon though. That that it, it, that is in essence that is a roast rom- built on romanticism. That's building establishing relationships, things like that. Absolutely. Okay. And giving people gifts until they like you is what it. <laughs> if you talk to someone every day and give them their favorite thing, they'll want to marry you someday. Is essentially <laughs> the core value in a Harvest Moon game. So it instills the wrong values in society that by yeah. people. <laughs> you wanna you wanna raise animals just. You know, feed them every day and wash them once a week. They'll be fine. Oh, you want to grow some plants? Oh, just follow this chart. Make sure you plant at the right time of year. Just water them once a day. They'll be fine. I'm not hating on the game at all because I played so much of the first one and I really look forward to playing this one. But, like, it's Last of Us and Animal Crossing. Yeah, I I know. The two two almost (laughs) don't sound as if they should, you know, be a... I just, there is no no connection between those two things. Exactly. I mean, and well, you couldn't just be you couldn't be further opposite from content wise of the game. <laughs> they would just be. I don't know. I just think that's kind of funny having having uh you know read the statistics on that. I, I just uh, it's either it's either a really bad quarter or <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, it, and I guess to kind of address. To, to address the overall question, though, you know, whether that'll that'll catapult Nintendo into a strong second half of the year, I, I really, I don't think they should depend on the sales necessarily from the Animal Crossing New Leaf. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, those are, those. that's, I mean, that's some, obviously some substantial sales numbers you're getting there. So I, I think, but more so, we're talking later half of the year. I really think Nintendo overall is probably going to be suffering Especially when uh, with the release of the Xbox One and PlayStation Four. So, well, Nick, uh, before you go on, I mean, Steph's actually played Animal Crossing, so maybe she can clue everyone in on why 
it has sold so well, and it could be at least something that's going to carry on throughout the rest of the year, or at least momentum for the company as a whole? Um, well, first off, I was going to say that um, the fact that Last of Us and Animal Crossing New Leaf came in first and second is really interesting because they are appealing to two very different audiences. Yeah, but at the definitely. same time, there's people that are going to get both of them. Like, obviously, uh, Jeremiah and I got both of them. We got two copies of Animal Crossing New Leaf, and then obviously only the one for Last of Us was, we don't need two copies of that. But um, the Animal Crossing, I think it's done so well, not only because it's a really fun game to play, it's really addictive, but also because uh, it appeals to a very wide age group. Obviously, um, young, young children can't play it because you have to have a decent amount of cognitive skills to know what you're doing in the game. But younger like older elementary school and up are able to play the game. So there's a huge base in that can play it. Um, and then on top of that, like it's really addicting. I, I was in labor and I was playing it. So <laughs> kind of, that said that's something. fantastic. I hope I get to be as cool as you someday. Yeah, I, I was uh, playing it up until the point that my contractions got so bad that I was afraid I was going to break my DS, and Jerry <laughs> took it. But it's a really addicting game. Um, it's a lot of fun. I It's the first Animal Crossing game that I've ever actually played. I haven't played any of the previous ones, um, because I always kind of thought, well, that sounds really dumb. Like You just kind of fish, and like it, it sounded weird, but... I got this one, and I've definitely really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't time-skipped in it at all. Um, when you first start... You should get a medal. Uh, when you first start, like it does seem really slow. It's very gated as you play. But, you are um, a very brave woman, little, indeed. Once you get a little further into it, actually, it's not, it's not that hard to not time-skip. Um, because there is so much to really go do in the game. Um, Jeremiah has some time skipped in his either, and he said he has in every previous one, and he's dealt with the mole yelling at him every time that he changes the time. So I, it, it says something that it, you know, even though it's a really simple game, essentially, you know, you're buying a house, you fish, you collect bugs, you dig up fossils, and you do stuff for little animals. Um, it's able to stay really interesting and keep me going back to it every day. All right, so I have a question for Nick. I, I, as someone who's never touched an Animal Crossing game, <laughs> what what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, <laughs> I think, and because of my 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 appeal is to a different genre, so um, I I like games. I mean, I like several different genres, but you know, my my particular favorites are you know more tactical turn-based strategy games. So, I mean, for me, there's a lack of appeal. Um, uh, you know, like that's why I gauged you about you know whether the game contained any romanticism, and then you know I asked you about Harvest Moon. So, uh, but but even still, I I don't think even after hearing from the game, it it just it lacks appeal for me. It doesn't really seem like a game that I could really get into. You uh, say that I, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I should probably stay away from it. You're gonna be one of those you're gonna like not sleep for like four days. It's so, like Nick, what are you what have you been doing? But like just Animal Crossing. I I beat it in four days. You know, black circles underneath my eyes. <laughs> just like twitching. 
<laughs> you keep seeing like frogs on the street and being like, can I do any favors for you? <laughs> Bring it, gathering peaches from trees and taking them to a store and trying to sell them. What? But you, you know, co- contrary to what my normal, my normal, uh, my normal favorites are genre-wise, though, I, I do have to say, no thanks to you, that Scribble Knots actually, having not had any experience with the title before, um, that seems actually very appealing. <laughs> Scribble Knots should write me a check for all the people who are going to get the DC one, Scribble Knots yeah. Unmasked, because yeah, I, I have told about people about that game a lot. I should get a check. You really sold me on that one, actually. I'm glad you showed that to me, D3. But I, it's, you know, looking at that, and, and the reason why I use that as a comparison, you know, to, to the Animal Crossing is because, you know, for me, I, I see graphically, you know, and just, just kind of the way the game is in comparison to that. I, I just like, I feel like you have a more um, open source, creative, palette to work with with a game that that's like scribble not versus animal crossing where um and again i'm only you know speculating because again i haven't played the game and you two ladies have but i i like not that i don't like a game with structure but i i need something that that contains some kind of you know definitive plot something that you know from point a to point b there there is some um there there's some concrete sense of sense of um achievement and and i don't know if i really see that as like oh you build a house you go fishing you help cute little animals i don't know if that whole type of gameplay is something that i could really wrap wrap my mind around and that's just primarily because that's may not you know that's particularly not my taste in games and and again you know i, I like turn-based strategy first person shooters um age of the empires type genre games with 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 real, real world strategy stuff like that so but i take your word for it i take your word for it i'm not sure it's addictive out there i mean look how many people bought it <laughs> that's proof that's all proof you need exactly but but again you know will that be enough to catapult nintendo you know company is that gonna is that gonna be enough to to boost nintendo for the second half of the year though um, no, but I think it's a, cause I mean, once the new consoles come out, like, I mean, and, um, Animal Crossing's for the DS, like it's not even for the Wii U. So I think it's kind of Nintendo's last hurrah, like just a last, like, we're still in this before they get totally dominated by Xbox and PlayStation. <laughs> we'll go out with a, with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're probably not gonna really care about us for a little while, but and honestly they released it in the middle of summer. Like who's actually has stuff to play in the middle of summer? Yeah, I mean I guess when you think about it in that in retrospect, having released it in, you know, some of the, the slowest period in gaming, I mean I I guess I can't really discredit them for that, seeing as though since there's pretty much nothing really to play right now. Yeah, but honestly, like just like what Steph said about like I didn't even think of that, just how it appeals to such a wide array of people. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, there's young people who like are just learning how to read that can do it. And then there's, you know, I, one of the guys I met at E3, he is a grown man and he <laughs> texted me. He's like, do you have new leaf? I, I need, I need a friend to go to their village. I'm like, sorry, I don't have it yet. <laughs> he's like a grown man. Love him to death. Love Joe. I love you. You're the best. But it's just like, that just really proves 
like just how diverse everybody wait, is. Wait, Sam, Sam, can I ask you a question? Of course. Do you have a problem with grown men? <laughs> I do not. I promise. I was merely suggesting that an elementary school level child like, and a grown man are very different when it comes to <laughs> gaming preferences. She doesn't not, have... Not when it comes to talking smack on Call of Duty. She doesn't have a problem with you, Father Time. <laughs> you know what, Nick? I'll, I'll father a time upside your head with an elbow. Okay, just because Gerald's first gaming system was an abacus. <laughs> Very good. Very good. It was more like two sticks. but it's, And a rock that you guys threw at each other. It's no, a, actually, it was... It was tic-tac-toe, and just, you know, you did it, drew it in the sand. <laughs> Gerald, it's okay what that was, you still own it. What was your first gaming console, Gerald? An N-Gage. <laughs> uh, actually, it was Pong. Pong? Was that, was that Atari? Just the Pong system. I bought a generic Pong. My dad bought me a generic Pong system, and then he bought me the Atari 2600. I, I did get to play the Magnavox Odyssey back in the day, but no, I did not get to purchase one. And thus, uh, a gamer was the, born. The Intellivision, ColecoVision got got a chance to purchase and or play those, uh, and then you know went up from there. So you remember Sega Channel? I, the, uh, the I remember the Sega had, Channel. The one that had the, the Velcro, not Velcro, but film sheet that had to stick onto the TV, or was it a t- like I have an Odyssey too, and that one actually had graphics on the screen. I, just, I don't know. I remember yeah. it very. I I do remember it very fondly, and I was, I just was so stoked the first day. My you know the pong was was all right. It, it was like you said limited in what obviously what it can do when it's only playing pong. But uh, the day my dad uh, got me the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and I, we went to the store and got it, and it was just that was uh, an awesome day. So just incredible to see the advancements in in technology and, and gaming. I mean, coming from a time that. You know, you literally were bouncing a ball between two blocks, and and I mean, now look at the, I mean, look at the level of advancement of graphics, and it's just incredible when you think about it. And it's also incredible how many bad games have been released between now and then too. But I guess that's a different story for a different time. Uh, and in the past few weeks, it looks like we've reviewed quite a few of them. <laughs> it certainly seems so. Uh, so. I guess kind of moving on from that so we can get on with, with other pertinent news. Uh, Microsoft had announced, again, as it, actually I think I, yeah, this one was another plus one actually. Microsoft had announced another change in its policies. Whether good or bad, I'll leave that to your interpretation. But this time Microsoft has confirmed its plans to allow self-publishing on the Xbox One as covered per Game Source Plus One within the console's first year. Adding additional details would be coming um, <clears throat> out of Gamescom in August. Um, and just before I, I release this for everybody else to talk about, let me just read you a quote per the uh, vice president of Xbox Corp. He stated, our vision is that every person can be a creator. Mind you, this is Mark Witten. That every Xbox One can be used for development. That every game experience can take advantage of all features of Xbox One and Xbox Live. This means self-publishing. This means Connect, the cloud, achievements. This means great discoverability on Xbox Live. We'll have more details on the program and the timeline at Gamescom in August. It won't all be there at launch. It's a vision. 
went and clarified to Polygon because the system won't at all be in place at launch. It's how we architectured the Xbox One, he said, but it won't all be there at launch. Okay, so they've re- they've they've pretty much reiterated several times it's not going to be there at launch. I, uh, as as again as I had kind of uh, well reiterated in the uh, in the plus one. To elaborate on that more is that uh, they had announced that it wasn't going to be you know available. The dev kit wasn't going to be available on launch, but I think this is just yet another thing Microsoft has. Attempted to implement, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Sony and Nintendo have actually already stated that this kind of uh, functionality would already, this kind of feature rather, would be already available on the PlayStation Network as well as the Nintendo Network. So I think Microsoft has come a little late to the party yet again. And I think from all the, the bad PR and all the egg, as Gerald would put it, is still on their face. I think this is just one more attempt to try to recover from such a destructive crippling uh you know just outcome from from uh prior and post e3 and i think this just might be another another attempt uh, to try to persuade some of the masses back over to the xbox one i don't know i mean i'm not i'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing i mean i think it's awesome that you're given the uh the the ability to uh, independent developers to be able to self-publish instead of having to um, to get those rights through uh, Microsoft or third-party entities to be able to publish uh, their games. And then that really gives um, other people who are interested in becoming developers a lot of creative power. So I think that's awesome, actually, that Microsoft's doing that. However, they've just seems like they've whet everybody's appetite again, only to disappoint everybody with not being able to provide any kind of definitive date. And if you think they're going to come out with any definitive date out of Gamescom, you'd be fooling yourself because that's probably not going to be it. They're probably going to be extremely skeptical like they have been with all the other information they've had. So, after all that rambling, Gerald, what do you think about that whole... How do you think they... Well, I I don't think it's just an issue of the okay, we've got to do it. uh, The competitors... Uh, Sony and Nintendo are doing it and have Sony's actually made, you know, put up banners and are now doing setting up conferences with uh, indie leader, indie gamer, uh, indie gaming developers and and trying to, you know, really embrace themselves to to the indie scene, unlike what they did with the PlayStation 3. Nintendo has embraced, you know, indie development from everywhere outside of Japan. Inside of Japan, for some puzzling reason, it's they're not really catering to indie development. With with Xbox One making the decision to decide to go to this, I, I, I'm not sure if it's if it's more of, okay, they're, you know, we're they're doing it, we're doing it too. I, I think there's a bigger issue that that I can't quite put my finger on. On exactly why that is. I mean, it just seems fishy why that they're why they're doing this as a whole. I mean, yes, they reversed pretty much everything that they had originally in, intended to do when they first announced the Xbox One, and and, and they're, they've done a complete 180. But I think there's a bigger picture to to the story because it, when it comes down right down to it, the the independents games the independent the self-publishing that will account for such an infinitesimal amount 
a very small amount of of actual overall sales. I think what it will do, and, and to gamers, uh, uh, talking to Sam and Steph who who do play indie games, but that the amount of gamers that actually do play independent games is still relatively small as well. I, I just think it, it's it's more of a, either a PR issue or or something of that nature. Or maybe the fact that they want to make sure that they embrace indie development because the amount of larger studios are closing and some of them are really going out of business. And at some point in the midline, developers are actually going out of have gone out of business in recent years quite a bit as well. There has to be someone that takes that gap and maybe they finally see that the independent studios and independent developers will be taking at least some of that slack. Uh, I, I know, Steph, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on why that they, they finally did a 180 on this one of these last cornerstones of their original thought process. Well, I think that Microsoft has gotten a lot of uh, flack for all of the initial things that they were going to be implementing, blocking used games, that sort of thing. Um, but also now they're getting a lot of flack because they're, you know, doing these 180s. But at the same time, I think that it's showing that Microsoft is listening to the fan bases. When people, you know, were enraged that they wouldn't be able to play used games, Microsoft finally looked at it and said, you know what, you're right, we'll let you play used games. Um, and then with this, a lot of indie developers, you know, were like, well, why should we even try developing anything for Xbox One if we're going to have to go through all of this? just to get published on there. Um, I think that Microsoft is listening, which I think is a good idea. I think they still have a long way to go. Sam, what are your thoughts since you also as well play a lot? And actually for our site at www.yourgamesource.com, you do actually a lot of indie gaming for us. How do you feel about the change, seeing that Xbox is going into this direction? Um, I, I'm an avid indie game fan. Like, I think that there is so much potential in the indie game world, and they never really get enough press. They never really get enough notice. Because a lot of times indie games, you know, the graphics aren't groundbreaking, and, you know, they normally look pretty short. But honestly, some of the best games I've ever played have been indie games, because they don't have to deal with a lot of the the red tape that big-name developers deal with, and they could just make a good experience for someone so you know anything that supports the indie game community i full full full, what do i want to say no wholeheartedly that's what i wanted i wholeheartedly support but my only concern is that when you kind of loosen the constraints you you have an increase of the good stuff that comes through so some of the developers that maybe didn't have the resources before can you know push their good game through, but it's also going to increase a lot of the not-so-spectacular fart simulators, if you catch my drift. Like, I know with, like, when iOS, um, when people started developing for that, there was some good stuff, but so much of it was just, like, dumb. And, like, I I, I would never want to tell someone that their game is dumb, but, you know... A big thing that came out on iOS was fart simulators, and it's like, yeah, I think, I think the consensus would be that that's pretty dumb, unless you're really into fart jokes, I guess. So, when are you playing the new Kanye West game? 
Oh, that is on, that is number one on my list. That is day one, pre-ordered, ready to go. Did he really produce a game? Is it is it dumb? It wasn't him. Somebody made a game based off of Kanye West. I oh. guess he goes back and he goes into another dimension. I just was reading it the other day in an article, which I think we posted to our that Facebook That sounds fantastic. Page. Give, give me an action adventure RPG playing Kanye West. I'll play it. If you have, if you were listening to this, you have an indie game you want me to, you want me to play. I will play it. I will. We'll and see if you want to prove to me that your game's not dumb. I will send me a review code and I will play it. We'll send me a link to Nick, it. I'll buy it. We'll see if Nick can get the code for it. Um, yeah. If if you are the developer of the Kanye West action adventure game, I let me know. I will play it for you and I will write you a stunning review. <laughs> and, and Nick, there's no truth to the rumor it is called North by Northwest. <laughs> that is a fantastic name. I want to meet the person who made this and shake their hand and give them a medal. But it'll be a medal made out of like construction paper because I don't really have the resources to make a little medal. I just but, have to hope that in this game there's some level or goal where you have to run up on the stage and interrupt Taylor Swift. <laughs> that needs See, to be in there. That's fantastic. That's that's funny, actually. I want to I want to play this game. I hope it's real. Well, you know, also to 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 add a, another another thing to discuss here, uh, you know, what we had announced, plus along with the reports that are in North America, uh, Xbox One has been catching up with its pre-orders of the PlayStation Four, and it looks like it'll be more readily available than its counterpart. Uh, uh, counterpart, I could talk right. Counterpart at launch creates a new question for us here at Game Source. Which would be Xbox fangirls and boys um, <clears throat> here on the staff. Um, you know what? <sighs> Starting off, what? Um, how to phrase this? I guess. What do you think is is going to be overall? I guess the the number one next you know, next selling gen. I mean, what, what I guess statistically, you know, based on the, the, uh, just going off pre-orders because I mean, that's really all we can really go off at this point. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's other components too, but based off, let's just say in, in this theoretical space off of pre-orders alone, what does that say projection wise, you know, is the Xbox one now the more anticipated console and, and because it'll be, you know, more readily available. Does that mean more people are generally, you know, going to be opted to lean towards that and, you know, sacrifice the lower price point of the PlayStation four. And just because it'll be more readily available to them and, you know, do they, or is there a higher tendency probably going to be to lean towards the Xbox one? What are, what are your, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts? I think the main important thing that we should talk about is, uh, Sam, I just posted that on your timeline regarding Kanye West. Oh, excellent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, it, it, it is an uh, RPG. Oh, my God. Wait, I have to look. I have to buy it right now. <laughs> is it on Steam? I'll totally buy it. Uh, I don't think it was on Steam, if I remember correctly. Release Kanye, Kanye. It's called Kanye Quest. <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute. You guys keep going. Okay. Um, I could, I could just say this: that it does mean that there, I think that from what I'm seeing, and as far as the distribution, although, well, right now, 
it is popping up again for both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, where we hear every single week that they're they're sold out. The next week, they're popping up again, and they're becoming available again at various retailers. So at this point, I'm just going to say, from what my experience tells me as far as in the video gaming industry, in the retail industry, I have a feeling that the Xbox One at launch will probably be more readily available after the initial pre-orders have been filled. I think that will probably mean that just by sheer availability, it will be at a level of PlayStation 4 sales-wise for the holiday season, or maybe just a tick more. Because like I said the domestic market right sure. now is... Can I interject is, something really quick? You can unfortunately interject. This game deserves a negative 10. I just want to let you know. And games should never, ever, ever be made out of rappers. Ever. And the developer of this game, you should be shot. I'm just letting you know. That's a future plus one for you. How about that? Oh, okay. I just I had to. I had to get, sorry. <laughs> and you can hear the rest of his rant on Kanye West RPG game on a future episode of Plus One. There you go. Uh, Steph, I'll, I'll turn the floor over to you. What are your thoughts on the Xbox One's chances now, seeing that things are turning around rather rapidly in their direction? Well, kind of just what you said, that it will probably be more readily available. And while $100 does seem like a lot, in the heat of the moment, people are going to be like, I just want a system and I want to be able to play this. And I want to have the cool new thing. And will impulsively, you know, if it's the only one available, get that one. Um, I think once the craze kind of dies down a little bit, um, the main thing is going to be which one has the better exclusives, which one is going to offer better games. Um, Because I, I keep saying this, but right now there really aren't enough games that have been announced for it. Sony and Microsoft have both really focused a lot on um, the other aspects of their consoles, um, like the social media tie-ins and stuff like that. And I just, I want to see the games that are coming out. And I think, you know, after the initial uh, holiday season dies down, I think that'll have a big impact on which console is going to do better. What I, I, but can I ask you, are you truly interested in the connect feature? No. And I, I don't think... No. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I don't... We, uh, Jeremiah and I usually get just about everything that comes out, and we still have yet to get a connect because who cares? It's, I mean, I have... I did buy a connect. I wanted to buy it for my family, for myself, for the for the fun uses of it. I was, uh, and I still am a believer in motion control, but I don't really have a burning desire for the Kinect feature on the Xbox One. And that's what the point, I think, of having this. I, I just, with all the delays in there, I just think it's kind of hard for me to see the same type of fervor and interest in Kinect that there once was. It's no longer a novelty and it it seems like that the only way that Xbox One uh, is going to be able to sell the Connect is by forcing it and packaging it. I mean, I have a Connect. If I want to play a Connect game, 
I'm going to probably defer back to my Xbox 360 because the the games that are on there are probably going to be not that much different than what I would be looking for if I were to have a, an Xbox One with Connect. The games are you don't look for those cutting edge games with the with the Connect feature. Um, the games that are on it are typically dance games. Some novelty games like Once Upon a Monster, which is a great game, and I, my kids and I truly love that game, um, and and a few others as far as they're concerned, the music games and, and the Kinect Sports, what have you. But as was announced today by the Kinect, you know, from Microsoft, that Kinect Sports will be delayed. It will not be there at launch. So that is even less interesting for me to buy a Kinect. So I'm asking Microsoft out there. I understand they were emphatically said the other day they will not have, at least at this point in time, an Xbox One separate for sale by itself without the Kinect. But I implore Microsoft to please do gamers a favor and make two options available. I think it would be in your best financial interest PR-wise since you're doing so much to get everybody else back in line in thinking that Xbox One is a viable option. Uh, Nick or Sam or Seth? Well, I mean, personally, I, I, I don't. If I were to ever get an Xbox One, which I don't know, maybe someday if they ever do a price drop, uh, I mean, having having recently gotten another another Xbox with the Connect, uh, really for me, I think the Connect is a. I mean, it's certainly a unique feature. Uh, you know, my kids have a ball with it, and I, I think it's a. I mean, it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to have and play around with. Uh, I mean, as a serious gamer, I see that there's just a consistent pattern of calibration issues, um, just very poor connectivity. Uh, it, it's it's actually not not entirely accurate, and I'm and I'm I can imagine with the with the development of the Connect Two and 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 just with the advanced features the Xbox One plans to have, I'm sure they've probably hammered a lot of the the problems that they had initially with that. So I'm not going to bash them too hard on that. But to purchase the console based on the features of the Connect and how they claim that it will just seam, seamlessly integrate into your home network and just kind of just enhance your home theater experience. That aspect of it doesn't really appeal to me. I, I think it's, uh, you know, if I was going to buy it, if I was dead set on getting the Xbox One and I got to the store and I'm like, oh, it comes with a Connect, Okay. You know, I, I'm not rushing down to the store like, okay, that comes with the Connect, right? That you sure that comes with the Connect? You're absolutely sure it comes with the Connect, right? Because I have to have that. You know, I, I don't I, I don't think the Connect. I think they've really overplayed the Connect. They've made it sound like, they try to play it up to consume, you know, to the consumer level. Like, you know, the Connect is just something that you have just known and grow to love, and it's something that you must have with the Xbox. No, it really isn't. And and you know, again, I'm not going to knock it because I think the Connect overall, just functionality wise, and and the features, and just the 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 kind of uh, you know how it immerses you in into the game is uh, I mean that aspect of it's cool uh, to say the very least but I, I just think they they've overplayed the concept of the connect and they 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 probably need to really think about maybe upon release dropping the price down a hundred dollars and maybe offering a bundle that either doesn't come with connect and save themselves a couple bucks or 
somehow reorganize the structure of their package to to be competitive with Sony because ultimately I, I know for me price point does matter and an extra hundred bucks can go towards games and accessories that I might want for the PlayStation 4 so that's how I feel about that um, I think that um, when it comes to like all the pre-orders, that's all just people who are super stoked. They made up their mind. They're not on the fence. Um, but I think once you know the pre-order phase is over and it comes to a point where and, – and in the very beginning, it's going to be people who actively want these consoles. Like I don't think you know day one release, there's people who are like – should I get a new Xbox? Do I need a new PlayStation? I don't. I don't think it's going to be those people. And especially if you, you know, go to one Best Buy and they're like, "Oh, we don't have it." Oh, the store across town does. Like, the, if you really want it, you'll say, "Yeah, I'm going to drive across the country to get it." But some people will just be like, "Oh, like, okay, that's cool. Like, that's fine. I'll just, I'll come back another day." So I think in the beginning, it's those really active people who want it, and then you know, holiday season is coming too and i think what's gonna make a difference is there's gonna be a lot of parents who have kids and because if you're not one of the if you had the resources to get it you would have already gotten it the kids who are like mom i only want this one thing in the whole world and i'll never ask you for anything again because we all know how those promises work but and then the mom's like okay my son says i need an xbox one or i need a playstation and then there's the parents who were like crap like i gotta get him something oh there's this xbox thing and this playstation thing and i don't really know why they're different but this one's four hundred dollars and this one's five hundred dollars i'm gonna go with the cheaper one like i just think from like as an like if there was an uneducated person who around the holidays is a really big margin of people it's parents it's boyfriends or girlfriends it's siblings it's i don't know what i'm supposed to get and I think when it comes to those people, that's like price is going to be very significant. So, because uh, I mean, I remember my dad was getting a computer for my sister, and he saw, you know, a fifteen hundred dollar MacBook and a six hundred dollar PC, and he's like, "Why would I spend fifteen hundred dollars on a Mac?" And because my sister really wanted, and it's just like, why? Why would I spend fifteen hundred dollars when I could spend half the price? And if it was up to him, he would have gotten the $700 one because to him, it's a computer. Like, it's not going to make a difference. So, you know, fanboys and girls are really important to the industry. But I think those people are going to be what make up the pre-orders and, the and, like, not pre-order, but, like, first week of release, like, getting it right away. So I think, honestly, those people have already made up their minds. There's no question for them anymore. Like, if you talk to somebody like Corey or Chris, you think they thought for a second what console they're going to get? Like, as soon as you said Xbox fanboys, I'm like, Chris and Corey. So, I mean, the people who are on the fence, like, I know, like, Steph said, like, you know, the games that come out for it are going to be very, very important. And, the, you know, there's features that, you know, PlayStation, Sony, they've said day one. They were like, this is what we're going to have enjoy xbox was like oh we're gonna do this just kidding we're gonna do this and now we're gonna do this and i think all that i i think I, we talked about this on the last podcast they did like just kind of that confusion surrounding xbox and microsoft is kind of deterring for some people because i mean 
uh, some people at this point are like, I don't even know what the Xbox has. I don't, I don't know what they're actually going to do. So yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people, the general public, as I had stated in that podcast, and I, I thank you for bringing that up, was that they didn't, they they still thought that Xbox One did not play used games. Oh yeah, absolutely. Some people are so confused. Like honestly, the only reason I know is because like this this industry we we work in, like I have to keep up. Like it's part of almost like my job to know. But if people aren't listening to weekly podcasts or like actively, you know, reading game sites, they're they're not gonna know. Like, oh, Bobby told me this, but then Jimmy told me this, and then Stan said this. And I mean, especially around like younger kids, it's just like they don't know what a DRM is. Like, whoa, what's that? Is that new shooter like i don't know i think there's just a i think xbox really needs to just figure their stuff out and then maybe people will want to buy their console yeah i mean i don't know i i just at some point they're gonna have to come to terms with the 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 connect is just not the greatest thing since the connect i i appreciate the connect for what it is and what it does. I think it is desirable for a certain type of people, but for certain types of people. Um, I myself am not one of them. Like Dan Central, like that doesn't really appeal to me because I'm not really coordinated at all. But like my sister, like she'd probably love it. But it's like not gonna get a connect just so we could play one game. Um like yeah. it's I, I like I think it would be cool if they came out with an Xbox that didn't have a connect built in for cheaper. Like, I they, think that would bring a lot... Of, if they had, like, a $400 one without a Kinect, I think that would be gold. I think if, if Microsoft wants to do one thing to save their skins, release a $400 console that doesn't have the Kinect, and they will be right back on the playing field with Sony. I wrote that in an article about a month ago, that that's oh, what exactly what they should do. And another site, Inside Gaming, I think, had reported that they had an inside source saying that that's what exactly we were going to do, which prompted Microsoft the next day saying emphatically... No, they're not going to, or at least at, not at this time, which is truly a shame. But it just its problem with Connect is it it does not attract your most vocal market. Whether or not, you, you know, you, we always talk about uh, a console being success by hitting the general consumer marketplace and not just the hardcore gamer. But right now, the hardcore gamer is the most vocal aspect about whether or not they want to get into the next generation and the the connect part of it and the connect itself does not speak well to the hardcore gaming public simply because of the fact you cannot play the triple a games or you cannot play really you cannot have the gaming experience as a hardcore gamer and utilize the connect in any way shape or form Moving Just on so you that. know, I've got Kanye Quest downloaded right now. It's totally free. Oh, that um, unbelievable! <laughs> so excited to play this game. I'm gonna do. I want a review. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a review of it. I promise. Well, speaking of getting tired of things, I know to kind of introduce another topic, but kind of the last one here before we hit a, hit a quick break. Rovio, Rovio announces Angry Birds Star Wars Two coming this. Make, make make sure you mention that Nick on your plus one. <laughs> What how stupid Kanye West's game is? Dude, this game is gonna rock. I'm so no, excited. That not only will your feelings on it, but that 
you know, Sam will have a review on it coming up on www.yourgamesource.com. Sorry. Yeah. I hope she. Yeah. <laughs> September 19th, iOS and Android platforms will see Angry Birds Star Wars 2. And the original Angry Birds Star Wars will be coming soon to all consoles October 29th. We ask myself <laughs> and everyone on tonight, are you tired of Angry Birds? And if not... <laughs> I played Angry Birds for like five minutes back when it was popular, and I was like, "This is dumb," and I never played it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a huge Angry Birds fan, actually. I, I'm more. But of a it is Star Wars, so I feel like obligated to at least play it. But I don't really like Angry Birds. Yeah, I, I, I took think... physics. I took a physics class. That's all I really needed to do. I'm like, this isn't exactly what would happen. I mean, it's just. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the trajectory of these birds would really be a realistic... <laughs> when you start actually trying to like do calculations when you're playing Angry Birds, you know you need to stop. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like just high school, like AP physics, like, okay. Yeah. Don't yeah. tell that to Jamie. What? He, does he really like Angry Birds? Yeah. Or is he not good at physics? <laughs> is he like really adamant about physics? I think... I, I think, know, he's re- really adamant about Angry Birds. I think it's both. <laughs> Dude, I got Kanye Quest rocking right now. Stephanie, what are your thoughts on Angry Birds? Um, I have never played Angry Birds. The only time that I've ever even seen Angry Birds was uh, when my family came back to visit for my wedding. They were playing um, Angry Birds Star Wars on their tablet. And, I mean, it looked it looked fun. I, I don't know. I, I've never tried it, so I don't know exactly. I do know that I really enjoyed Bad Piggy, which I believe is by the same people? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, I really enjoy that one, so I don't know, but it's kind of a different type of game. Um, Angry Birds is a popular game, and if people are going to play it and enjoy it, it makes sense for them to release another one. I can tell you my tenure with the game is as short-lived as well. I, I actually was, since my phone went dead uh, on a battery at one day, I had to endure maybe a couple sessions of Angry Birds, and while I don't see the particular charm on it, I you know talking to Jamie and and talking to many other parents and kids and and gamers alike that have downloaded the game, even almost as much to the point as people are downloading Kanye Quest. <laughs> this is the most amazing game I've ever played. I'm fighting a Dr. Dre clown right now, <laughs> and I mean my attacks are dis. Rap skill, production skill, brag, and inventory. I'm gonna diss him and do some damage. There you go. Kanye disses. Oh, I missed. Don't you? <laughs> and there's like there's a Dr. Dre song like playing in the background. Gerald, don't you dare even put that that not good game in the same league as Angry Birds. Well, something else just... was about to come out. I had to control myself. Okay. Well, fair enough. I can just tell you, uh, Angry Angry Birds. The phenomenon is still going on strong. You know, this cartoon series, movies talked about, merchandise that has been up around for at least two, three years now. And it seems that there's no end in sight because there can just, it, it just, it's, it's like when, you know, because we live in Las Vegas and we see slot machines galore. And it seems like every other month a new licensing agreement is made, whether it's Lord of the Rings or American Idol or, or whatever. 
I see that same thing happening to Angry Birds being the platform for for more licensing agreements. So why just stop at Star Wars? Do Star Trek? Do do you know so many uh, you know, Walking Dead? You know so many other ways that you can implement Angry Birds that if people love the core physics of the the actual game itself then you can just apply it to almost any other license and, and still make a ton of money because you're catering not only to Angry Birds fans but the fans of, of like Sam said, she's a Star Wars fan as am I. Uh, we almost feel obligated to play it because it just has Star Wars and, and their Rovio, people Rovio are so intelligent about how the way they market this game and, and as long as people are interested in the physics, the sheer physics uh, of the Angry Birds style, you know, they can pretty much attach any license to it and it's going to print money i think that they should do an angry bird table games here and 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 if they make enough money off it you know they're going to do it uh there there you will probably see at some point in time angry bird slot machines i mean there's pretty much almost every other license under the sun uh, i don't know there might be i I have to check with igt here here locally in town or bally's here in town well, if you had um, to hear those birds for hours on end, you'd probably want to take your head and slam it against the machine. This has been another Nick being really adamant about something. <laughs> now, you want to know what I'm really adamant about? The fact that these rappers don't make enough money as it is, and somebody has to make a game. Hey, the game, the game was free, okay? It was free. Um, I've just binged it, and yeah, there's Angry Birds slot machines uh, available. <laughs> anyway, on, on that note, before I go ballistic on this Kanye West thing, we're going to head to a break, and when we come but back... it's called Kanye Quest. Oh. Someone needs a medal and a raise. I'm sorry. Anyway, we'll we'll catch you guys on back on a break. The Round Table of Doom. Welcome back to... Our infamous section. I wish Chris was here, but the round table of doom. Doom. <laughs> doom. That was pathetic. <laughs> with all, I'm not Chris. <laughs> with all the happenings in the gaming world that have gone down, like. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I was actually supposed to interject something there, wasn't I? <laughs> all right, let's. Let's let's re- let's let's recap that. Stick to the script, Nick. <laughs> with all with all the happenings in the gaming world that have gone down, like Gun Control vs. Video Game Violence Debate, PlayStation Four announcement, Wii U goes into major tailspin and has yet to come out of. Let's <laughs> play the tailspin theme song. <laughs> Games such as Nino. I can't. I, I was like, I keep, I keep thinking of this like enunciator voice that I have. Fire Emblem Awakening, Animal Crossing: New Leaf, big surprise. Well, name releases from Dead Space, God of War, Gears of War, and disappointing sales. <laughs> the release and a surprise, a surprise game you were stuttering on was Nino Kuni. Yeah, as a surprise hit. Yeah, that was a kind of a surprise hit. The release of the Tomb Raider and Bioshock Infinite. Uh, which actually gained um, mass headlines and, well, I don't want to say surprisingly strong sales. I kind of expected Bioshock to get strong sales anyway, but um, and of course the Xbox One announcement with all the wonderful policies that eventually they ended up changing. So, And, uh, and, and also uh, add on that one last thing, The Last of Us debuting to big numbers and actually becoming the best-selling game of the year. 
It is going to be game of the year. It's going to be game of the year. Nick, what did I tell you in the preface? I'm just saying it's going to be game of the year. Nick, I, what did I say? Do you read the part where it says just your favorites this year? Don't say which one is your exact favorite. Oh, well, we still got a couple months left. Oh, yeah, huh? You capped that. <laughs> and I was saying squarely at you, Nick, because okay. I knew you were going to do it. I couldn't resist, man. Even in caps, man. The Last of Us is just, it left such, a, such an oppression on me. Play Animal Crossing. Just saying. It's no, time. Animal Crossing will never rob me. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say I'm going to say Nick is going to play Animal Crossing, and it's going to become his game of the year. <laughs> like that's one of us, one of us. <laughs> so Gerald wanted us to go into like six of our favorite games from the year. I don't know if I can really come up with six, but did it have to be six games that came out this year? Because I don't think I I played um, six games, but not that came out this year. Well, how about just two or three or whatever the games that you originated this year? Okay, I. Last, we'll have to say Last of Us, Bioshock Infinite, Tomb Raider. Yeah, and that's probably just about it. <laughs> Steph, what are your choices? Um, for the ones that I've played, I was able to come up with five. Um, Fire Emblem Awakening, Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, God of War, Ascension, <sighs> Animal Crossing, uh, New Leaf, and Devil May Cry. And Sam? Um up my steam library uh, of see i like kind of like i said like i haven't really played a lot of games that came out this year just because i'm normally about a year and a half late to the party what about kanye quest that should oh be kanye fun. quest definitely <laughs> um one of the games that um that i was able to play i believe wait, when did this game come out um was a uh, was the cave did that come out this year yes yeah yeah that came out this year that is a double fine adventure and everybody knows i'm a little bit biased wasn't that the one that surprisingly got pretty good reviews well i thought it got when it first came out it actually got pretty low review like it was like around a 70 i gave gave it a a, nine yeah you gave that and then you also gave the sword and the oh sword and sorcery yeah the pit you gave that a a nine as well well, Sorcery and then sword of the stars those are different those are all different games. So, okay, so I'm going to say The Cave was super fun. I love puzzle games. I love Double Fine. The sense of humor in Double Fine games is just, you can't copy it. Um, Sword and Sorcery um, did not come out this year, but I did a write-up for it. Um, but Sword of the Stars of the Pit is a roguelike that I did a review for on yourgamesters.com slash 7th Valkyrie. But um, it is fantastic. I loved it. Um, it's really brutal and unforgiving in some ways it makes you hate yourself when you die because when you die you have to start over but um it's really fun the different character classes really let you change things up um when you go from playthrough to playthrough so instead of just like hating yourself forever you could be like okay well i'm gonna try it with this class and maybe it'll suck a little bit less when i die but um it's fantastic and if you like roguelikes then you should definitely play it all right gerald all right, well, here goes. I think probably right now some of the games, and this is going to be just some of the games that, that will be in contention because of basically you know, we, we've had a lot of good reviews here, of a lot of good, good games that have got, garnered good reviews. So I actually made an article about it. It's called Down the Backstretch. So if you want to take a look for it, it's actually either on our free mobile app, which I just put on there the other day, or it's also as well on my page, the Yes Elvis Lives page at yourgamesource.com. 
where you can also find a lot of other great things there as well, just as like Steph's page, Steph Foo's Nick's, Nick's page at SOS Rage, Seven Valkyrie, and all the other great blogs that we have. But I just think right now, a lot of games that people should be talking about later this year when it comes to Game of the Year voting, I think, for instance, Tomb Raider that you mentioned, Nick, even though I had some personal issues with the, with the multiplayer, I think the story was actually a very good one. Fire Emblem Awakening, and, and this game is really just seem that's under the radar well it's one of metacritic's top score games of the year it has one of metacritic's top scores for so far this year for the video game industry so people should not overlook that yeah exactly it's uh it's like reminds me of oblivion because you know pretty much it'll suck one to two hundred hours right out of your life okay so, so steph i have a question for you in regards to fire emblem if because i played some of the early ones and i love them if in your personal opinion if i played with permadeath off, would you think any less of me? I played with permadeath off. Um, okay. Because I cannot, do, like, I would, I didn't play any of the previous Fire Emblems, and I would not have been able to because I would lose my life. Like, it would, yeah, it would be the I same know. thing happens with me and Skyrim. Like, I would not be able to let somebody die. So the permadeath off is a great feature. I love it. <laughs> okay. I feel so much better, and now I'm much more inclined to get that. Because I have one friend, he's like, you have to play with permadeath on, or else you're worse. I'm like, no, I just Whoa. have anxiety, and well, what, don't what have a the, panic attack over this game. And it's it's similar to The Last of Us, that in that if you do play with permadeath on, the emotional attachment you will have to players, your, your fellow yeah, com- as compatriots, is. as they die, it, it, to, to some, it's just really compelling. Like, I get really attached to fictional characters, whether it's a book, or a game, or a show, or whatever. I just get really emotionally invested in it. No, and, I'm, play I'm, it off. Play I'm actually it off. the same. I'm actually the same way, even with anime and stuff too. I yeah. And, but I'll tell you, I, I personally, no joke. I personally got choked up at you know the right at the beginning of The Last of Us when, you know, when his daughter died. I was. I mean, that was. I mean, it was the. Just the the emotional tension right at the beginning of the game was just it was so compelling, and I mean it, it just the the realism of his reaction was just I mean you were just like sitting there like and I, I mean I was just like sitting there in awe like I mean wow their capacity to be able to capture such emotional drama in this scene was was unbelievable I have I have I have not seen a game with such an emotionally impacting compelling storyline from The Last of Us. It is one of the most incredible games I've ever played. And that's why it'll be included, I'm sure, at the end of the year as far as whether it's going to be Game of the Year. It's still too early to tell. But there's other great games as well. Bioshock Infinite, which had all the hype and, and which, Nick, you had called already as your Game of the Year already. Let's even see how many times you can get started. Nick to say that there's a new Game of the Year. <laughs> exactly. Play Kanye uh, Quest. No. Absolutely not. And that then is going to be the worst game of the year. And then uh, Steph mentioned Luigi's Match and Dark Moon. There's Guacamelee, which I don't <laughs> should overlook. Also, as well, you know, StarCraft II: Heart of the Swarm. Even though it's it's not a separate game, it's an expansion. It should not be overlooked as far as the quality oh, nature of it. Does it count if Diablo Three is coming to consoles? Does that count as a separate game? Or is it just the same game for new consoles? It's just the same, pretty much the same game for new consoles, unless they make it entirely different. Because StarCraft II, Heart of the Swarm, that was an entirely new adventure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. 
at this site, Gears of War Judgment and God of War Ascension both received 8.5, so they they will probably get strong consideration as well. But there, there's a lot of great games. Uh, I know during the first part of the year, sales-wise, a lot of games that, that had a lot of high expectations failed to deliver sales-wise, but at, at least uh, the majority of those games at least provided a quality experience to those who did play them. And and I just want to say that it's been a pretty good year so far. It's not been the greatest year, but you know, as we close out in the latter stages of of this generation, we're going to see some great games, you know, this year so far, and we're going to see some great games going forward in the future. I know at least if you're a PlayStation 3 owner, you know, you still have some exclusives that are coming to the PlayStation 3 that might garner even more attention than The Last of Us as far as Game of the Year is concerned because Beyond Two Souls, Gran Turismo 6, among others, you know, that that's just to start off there and, and not to even mention the, the new next generation games that are going to come out come this November. But Let me ask yes. you. You can ask if me. they were going to come out with an Uncharted 4 on the PlayStation 4, would that be compelling enough for you to buy it? Oh, yeah, without a <laughs> doubt. I'd buy that day one because... To me, those are the best Naughty Dog games, period. I, I've actually gone through The the Last of Us, and it was immensely... I, I think your score, 9.8, was a great score. I think I think it really hits in the, uh, that, that hit the nail on the head. 9.5 to 9.8, with the only detraction is the AI issues and whatnot. Yeah. I, I, and I, I really think the, that Uncharted 3 and Unch- Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3 were great experiences for me. But the reason why I gave Uncharted 3 a 10 was that overall from beginning to end, plus the multiplayer, were, were truly great experiences that are still supported today. Uncharted 3 multiplayer, even today, is still supported. So it's yeah. it's those, those that's why I think – and later on this year, we're going to – not to tip my hand on anything yet. Later on this year, we're going to dedicate a podcast to the games of this generation before November and everybody get their opinions on what their games of the choices will be. In fact, I'm hoping that that we'll be able to also write on as well some of the games of this generation that truly made their mark, whether they were in a good or bad way, but the the most notable games of this generation we're going to be doing some articles as well on. I'm going to write a detailed one, hopefully, that I'll debut early next month as well. But I'm hoping everybody on the staff will take the time to do that as well on the games that that, that they are influenced by. But also as well, we'll dedicate a podcast to the, the best games of this generation that we've had just before the new one, the next generation, comes comes to fruition. But there's been some great games this year, so I don't want to say this year. This year's been a little bit better than, than the last couple of years and, and as far as gaming is concerned. And so uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with it so far. All right, well... I think that'll just about take us through the end of the night. So, well, uh, actually, before we go, Nick, I, I, I know you're you're going to be off and on, but what do you have? I want to talk to each and every one. I want everybody out there to to know what what each of us has on the slate. I know as a as a new mom, and, and congratulations! I wanted to publicly congratulate again Steph and Jeremiah on the birth of their awesome looking child, and who is actually at this point in time our logo. So I just wanted to publicly thank again Steph for that. So, um, but I I know I want to hear first what she has possibly you know I know a lot of timers taken up right now, but what she may have in store as as one of our editors. Right now, at the back of my eyelid, I don't I don't get a lot of sleep right now. 
Um, Fair I enough. I'm playing a lot of Animal Crossing actually, just because, especially with the baby, uh, it's it's really easy to pick up and like while he's eating, he can play it, or you know when he's taking a nap. So that's what I've been doing most of. Uh, just playing more Animal Crossing. Terrible. Well, that's actually that's actually a great way to play it, and that's a great way to say, you know, there you go. That's that's a reason, right in the nutshell, why Animal Crossing is is really so popular. Players, I'm I'm going to tell you from my standpoint what I've got cooking up besides more articles, which I explained earlier, plus my usual fare, uh, the weekend primer, which Nick was so kind to read off and and read out loud. Uh, you can, it's going to be available on my Yes Elvis Lives page. It's basically a setup for the actual weekend for people who are, are looking for something to do, something to watch, what have you. And and if you can either read it off my page, the Yes Elvis Lives blog of infamy at Yes Elvis Lives on yourgamesource.com slash Yes Elvis Lives. Or you can actually, there's an MP3, which will be available on our Facebook page, Game Source, or on my page, again, Yes Elvis Lives. Um, also as well, I wanted to talk to to you guys, there's going to be a, our, our annual fall preview coming up very shortly. I know we've got a podcast dedicated for that. And then uh, next week, I do want to go over with the staff in entirety. Everybody's going to shout out their predictions. So not right now. I don't want to hear it right now. But think of their predictions on when the Xbox One and the PS4 are going to come out. So we're going to play kind of like a little game. And hopefully our readers and viewers and listeners out there can also partake in that just by talking to us on our Facebook page. Game Source or your game source at yahoo.com because we'd really love your input. And then just also as well, I'm hoping more people get involved with the plus ones, whether you're someone out there who, who's been listening to the plus ones, the Game Source plus ones that we've been posting and would like to talk for five to seven minutes and, and send it on into us, you're more than welcome to that. Or if it's staff, or if it's Sam, or if it's any one of our staff, hopefully we'll be able to get more people involved as far as making some of these Game Source Plus ones because it's really increased our, our visibility as a site and, and they're really quite fun to to partake in and talk about news of the day or also as well as something that major news industry happenings or just your opinion on a certain thing. Nick has voiced his opinion on a few plus ones. I've done a plus one. Jamie's done a plus one. So I'm hoping we'll we'll get more people involved in doing plus ones in the future. Sam, I know you got some things that you're working on as well besides the full detailed Kanye Quest uh, RPG expose coming up. So Yeah, so there's going to be that masterpiece coming up. Um, I've also got uh, – I'm going to win awards. I'm just going to say that right now. If I don't know if they give out awards for video game write-ups, but they're, they're going to make a category. They're going to make an award show just so I can win an award on it. They actually – there actually is uh, video game awards. Uh, well, I'm going to win one. Video game editorial uh, and writing awards out there, so I will submit that to the people. <laughs> it's actually a, a legitimate thing. How bad that game is. And it's going to be Kanye's great. going to have to come up and, and – you I'm going to be giving you. my speech. I'm going to be giving my speech, and Kanye is going to come up and and interrupt me. That's the dream. And then he's going to hit Nick like he's a photographer at LAX. Oh man, the girl can dream. So well, other else? than that sparkling <laughs> review I have lined up, uh, I also am going to play a game called The Raven: Legacy of a Master Thief. I'll be playing that. Um, I am also playing Halo 4 with my sister right now, and she's actually a, a wonderful co-op partner. We can play on normal without too many difficulties. You don't have to play on easy for her, so she's quite excellent at it. 
Um, I am in the process of doing some research into doing my own little video series. So it's almost like a plus one, but with video. So it's like a plus two. Maybe that's what I'll call it. And um, yeah, or I really from the, or How about from the command center? I am in the command center, so I could call it that. I have a couple of names in the process. But um, whatever, regardless of what it's going to be called, um, I'm going to start um, getting those up. I'm just working on getting the tech that I need to and uh, making that work. My sister's staring at me right now. She doesn't know what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I look forward to doing all that kind of stuff. Well, in the meantime, if you do want to, either of you ladies, uh, want to voice your opinion on something, you can always just feel free to voice out a plus one and just three to five minutes long uh, about something that's either going on in the video game industry or opinion you have, even if it's just how much you dislike Angry Nick. I I, I did it the other day on, on his opinion of Saints Row, so quite fun to me, I tell you. Nick, what you got cooking, sir? Well, I think you pretty much covered it. Um, as you know, I've recently, I've recently introduced a new segment called Plus One, which is your uh, daily outlook on gaming industry and media-related news. Um, I, uh, I think that has uh, been a pretty good success so far between uh, Gerald, Jamie, and I. So uh, even though Jamie couldn't join us on tonight's podcast, just want to give a shout-out to him and thank him for being a participant. And I'm hoping that we are able to have some of our other staff members become a part of that. But outside of that, just uh, keeping strong with the plus ones and trying to, to reach out and get us some more some more review codes so we can deliver you guys some more cool reviews. And then also, just anybody out there there, if you're interested in, in becoming a part of the staff, as always, your game source at yahoo.com. You know, we're, we're, we're happy to have you part of the team. I saw the other day one of our, our competitors, uh, and actually the site that, that tried to pursue us quite vigorously over the past three years as far as trying to acquire us. They, they posted an ad in where they were they were talking about extensively probationary after probationary after probationary periods. You know, people are doing right. We're doing this for free. And, and we want you to have fun doing it. And we want you to be a part of something fun and be expressive of yourself and, and, and your own individuality at this time. I mean, George from the GPG, the Gamer Protection Guild, who's been a partner with us now for a few months, he started blogging and putting blogs on our site. So check that out. You'll see that link to it right on the front page. We're just so happy to get get bold that who want to voice their opinions about video games, whether that's writing on video, on audio, what have you. Just just would like you to be a part of that. And, and if you're interested, your game source at yahoo.com because we're, we're really happy to have you and, and, and just speak about video games because we just, that's what we do. And that's right. what we love. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight at uh, another Game Source podcast. Until next time, arrivederci. Well, let's... Is is everybody else on? Yeah, I'm here. Um, oh, but, uh, hey, <laughs> he does. I have an issue with Microsoft when it comes to Skype, and unfortunately, that will be implemented to Xbox One. But never mind; we won't go into that. I think Steph wanted to talk a little bit about Animal Crossing because uh, I believe you have played the game extensively, correct? Yes, I have. How are you? I'm good. Right. Should do a sound check, everybody. <laughs> oh, I thought you were you were recording. I thought we were on. 
Well, yeah, I am recording, but I didn't do an intro, and I'm just – I see the meters, you know, peaking, so I'm, I'm assuming that it's capturing the Wait, audio. Did you record everything I just said about Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon? Yes, I did. <laughs> Guess I won't have to repeat it. <laughs> no, you can do an extensive one if you want. So, Steph, um, so about the you know Animal Crossing as far as that, I mean, do you do you because you've played it, is it really that addictive? Uh, yeah, it's pretty addictive. <laughs> okay, because I've heard Jeremiah, I've heard I've heard a lot of people talk about it and really get into it, and and obviously it's the reason why 3DS has has really had a good strong month. And and actually, you know, one of the reasons why that they've had a good past good couple months, two three months. So that's, yeah, my that's... sister wants a 3ds because she's been playing on mine. She's like talking to her mom. She's like, I want a 3ds. Mom's like, Why? She's like, So I can play this game. And she's like, You want this console for one game? She's like, Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. That's all you need. It's better than oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I just read that article today that says that only twenty seven percent. Only 27% of the individuals that have bought an Ouya have actually purchased a game. And did, did you like how the CEO was like, uh, they would kill for, uh, you know, uh, most app developers would kill for an 8% margin. <laughs> Dude, you just don't want to admit your system sucks. <laughs> anything that could put that many emulators on a console, that rocks. Again, I probably wouldn't be paying for anything if I got one, but... Yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> I, I just it's just the way he played it off was just so like, well, you know, it's only 27 percent. You know, you know, I'm sure that's, you know, uh, I forget how he worded it. I mean, he was like saying it was like insulting to the, you know, develop. It would be insulting to the developers if they they cleared a million dollars or something. I, I don't know. I kind of skimmed through it. By the way, the CEO for Oya is a woman. Yes. Really? Maybe I didn't read the name. Pronounce the name right or something. I was reading through it. I could have sworn I was a guy. Oh, unless, that guy unless that guy's name is Julie. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a pretty big indicator. I didn't that's read one, you know, I don't actually I don't judge. <laughs> name Julie. I didn't read Julie. Now I'm gonna have to go back and read that really quick. <laughs> Hold on, let me open it up. Do, do, Can you hear me typing? Do do do. Not as much as I can always hear Bryce, because Bryce is just frantic when you can hear it. Well, this port it's like not only do I have to do a portfolio to apply for my fifth year studio, but I have to answer like what has the last couple years been like? What do you want to do in your fifth year? What are you gonna do when you graduate? <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah, you're right. It is a chick. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> And remember, this Game Source podcast was brought to you in part by the GPG, the Gamer Protection Guild. Find them and like them on Facebook at Gamer Protection Guild, fighting for your rights as gamers.